0: Peace and welcome to episode 3 of Podcast Bloody Podcast, a mini-pod celebrating the first six albums by the metal gods themselves, Black Sabbath, powered by Kola Culture. In this episode, Alaska and I speak on Sabbath's second album, the infamous and beloved Paranoid, with our esteemed guests, Chris Maestro. Founder and owner of Brooklyn's premier craft beer and vinyl record bar, Beerwax, and Beerwax Queens, and E of the Next Movement, a podcast dedicated to preserving hip hop culture.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, call out cultists across the lane. Welcome to another episode of Podcast Bloody Podcasts, the definitive hip hop viewpoint on the band Black Sabbath. Today, we are going to talk about the album that everybody knows and everybody loves, uh, and rightfully so, Paranoid. And we are joined by two amazing, amazing guests. First, we have E from the Next Movement Podcast.
2: Thanks for having me. We're happy happy to to have you,
1: man. It's always always good to have a fellow uh, Sabbath head in the house.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then we have Mr. Chris Maestro from beer wax, the empire that is forming across New York state, across the beer drinking, uh, I wanna say regions, cause it's not regions, but the masses of beer drinkers and vinyl fanatics across the world are making it a Mecca. They're flocking to Beerwax, Brooklyn and Beerwax Queens for the experience that this man has put together. What up Chris? What's happening y'all? Good to be here. Good to see everyone. And as always, uh, I'm joined by the loquacious and verbose (laughs) gang, PTP, who's making (laughs) a (laughs) smoothie.
0: Happy, happy days, happy days.
1: Indeed. So, so, so let's get into it. Um, You know, let's, uh, I'm going to pose out the first question and, uh, you know, when, when did you all first hear this album? And like, if you could think back to that time, like. You know, what were your initial thoughts and what were the things that like hooked into you?
3: Um, I am a recovering metal head. Uh, I was definitely into metal. I was into hip hop way back when, like talk about like Beat Street days and early break dancing, <laughs> early eighties, but then quickly uh, got into like what we consider like very light metal, like Guns N' Roses and Def Leppard and that kind of stuff. Um, and I would watch Headbangers Ball on MTV. And this is like mid eighties or whenever that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the first time I saw, uh, I think it was Paranoid. It was the video for Paranoid for the first time. And I was just like taken aback Cause it was definitely harder than the stuff that I was listening to at the time. So I was a little scared. I was probably like 11 years old. So <laughs> I was like, what is this? Um, and it just like something about the images, Ozzy's vocals just the dirtiness of, of like the guitars and I was hooked. Um, so it was really bits and pieces of their second record that I heard from War Pigs, The Paranoid, uh, you know, Iron Man, of course, that all those things were just so pivotal for me and paving the way for me to get into harder, heavier metal um, versus like the Motley Crue's and the Guns N' Roses and stuff, I get into <laughs> Testament and Metallica and that so really Black Sabbath was kind of the gateway for me to get into stuff that was a little bit more more edgy
1: Chris let me ask you because you grew up um, in New York um, and you know you were a lot closer to the city scene than I was um, and were of a similar age I think um, yeah
3: did you ever go to Lamore? no no I was you know I, I didn't go to a lot of shows and a lot of spots really um, until really more of my, in my hip hop days, going to like New Eurekans and, Word. um, and like coming back from Binghamton, I went up to, to upstate to school. Uh, so going to wetlands and go to spots like that to see a lot of indie hip hop shows. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't go to that spot. I've heard a lot of great things though, and a lot of yeah. stories. Yeah.
1: Same. I'm always trying to find people. Who I never went myself. Um,
3: but I'm always like, I'm sort of like curious about that
1: place. It's like, there's a, there's a lot of legend around it. E what, what's up with you? Let, uh, What was your first experiences?
2: I was I was really trying to think about this um, to prepare. And I I can't pinpoint exactly when I heard this album for the first time. But I can tell you that when I was in my mid 20s, that's when my relationship with rock and then heavy metal really uh, got deeper. Um, so, you know, like growing up, like my parents weren't listening to heavy metal, um, you know, so it wasn't, you know, <laughs> rock wasn't really blasting in my house, if you will. Um, so I sort of had to navigate and form my own relationship with it. Um, and, and that really happened when I was in my 20s. Um, so, Back in the Bent Touran days, um, and I apologize to everyone I've ever stole music from, but back, <laughs> but back then I I got a hold of somehow got a hold of this playlist. It was like the 500 greatest rock songs of all time, obviously based on someone's personal preference. And so, you know, I I got that, and it's I mean to this day it's like one of the best playlists that I have. I um, mean I still have it on an old old Mac. Um, But that really helped me dive into a lot of bands and songs that I had never heard of that I didn't know that maybe I heard like in passing somewhere, but from that it just served as a really great resource in terms of increasing my knowledge on on rock. And so paranoid was on there. Um, and it got a really, I thought it got a really shitty rating. It was like song one, like 45 or something like that, which is kind of bullshit to I'll me. See. Um, yeah. Right. So, um, but from there I really started to dive into band bands like black Sabbath and, and, and form that relationship. And, and they are just fucking incredible. Like I was listening to paranoid this week and it's such an amazing album, such a groundbreaking album. I mean, who else, was, who else was producing music like this? And I think we'll get into this, but um, just in, in hearing about how this album was created and how they came up with songs and that organic process really added to, to um, the completion of this album and the greatness of this album. And so I, you know, um, yeah, but for me, it's just so incredible. I mean, Ozzy's vocals, the musicianship here is just impeccable
1: word i i could, couldn't agree more especially with like the what you were saying about the the creation of the album we'll, we'll definitely get into that but in that documentary it's like it's wild gang what about you turned off the blender
0: perfect tommy uh <laughs> the i mean like 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 i said in the intro episode i think my first my first my first it was either a time life cd you know, greatest, rock of the seventies compilation commercial where I heard like my first Sabbath riff and it, it, it could have very well been either something from the self-titled or something from paranoid, probably Iron Man. Um, other than that, Beeves and Butthead doing the, the Iron Man riff that was like my first, you know, uh, whatever, like notable engagement, I guess with it, <laughs> but no, actually tapping in with it was like probably when I was in either late high school, or barrier no, probably late high school yeah when i was um mid 90s um trying to mid to late 90s trying to get into you know just finding myself more interested or interested in um sort of like heavier just heavier music Hang out with like tyson trainer uh t3 mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying thean's brother thean's littlest brother <laughs> he would hate me saying that uh, and, um, you know, he was putting me on to all these, these things and kind of like having a household that like my pops had like deep purple records and like, you know, he was in like, I mean, he was into like other stuff like Chicago and like Fleetwood Mac and shit like that too. But like, you know, the deep purple shit was kind of interesting to me. And then like Led Zeppelin, he was in the Led Zeppelin, he got like the box set, probably off the same time, like library or whatever. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I heard the Sabbath shit. I heard like either the first album or, or, you know, I previewed one of them on like, I think one of those CD, not CD baby, but one of those like early like CD sites, uh, music sites that had like um, real audio clips. And uh, I just, I kind of just had to go go for Delph and like go in like three at a time, basically. So I think I bought, I definitely got paranoid. Oh, nah, I just remembered I got paranoid and masters of reality, like potentially like remastered versions. At that point, they had like cool little like sleeves on them, uh, but still OG art, not nothing crazy. Uh, like I think my pops bought, uh, gifted them to me. I, I got the nice. first album online, and then he was like, "Oh, you like Sabbath?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <And> he's like, <laughs> "Cool." It was like around. I was like, it was around a time where I guess it was my birthday or something. So it might have been, whatever. But um, so yeah. But I was I was I was hooked. Like I was like, oh, this is the this is the shit that I was looking for. Like this is that like heaviness that I was looking for. Mm. So
1: hmm. yeah, that's what's up. Fast. Um, yeah, I, I think my my first experience what it when it was like. I mean, I, I talked about my first Sabbath experience finding like was Iron Man. So like that that was my gateway into Sabbath and and the, thus this album. But um, I talked in our intro episode about like finding. A best of black Sabbath tape at like a gas station and it was like the super bootleggy ones and that like gave me like more insight to a couple of songs and I ended up like buying this record but um you know it really was like um where I grew up there was like a lot of like stoner metal kids um and they used to to rock the you know Sabbath shirt all the time and I think like it was just sort of always like blasting out of cars so I like always would hear like little joints but it wasn't until like I was maybe in like sixth or seventh grade that I finally got the record, I think. Um, and just, you know, even though like, I didn't understand how great it was at that point, I just liked War Pigs, Iron Man and Paranoid. Like I didn't even really fuck with the other songs at that point. But like, you know, there was something like really heavier and darker. And like Chris, like I was into Def Leppard. I was into like Molly Crew, Like I did Home Sweet Home and like my eighth grade lip sync. Uh, <laughs> dressed up <out> like Vince <laughs> Neil and shit like this <laughs> um, oh, you know shit. so it might have been sixth grade lip sync actually I don't know like anyway whatever it was it was like that was my shit but then like that and like Sabbath turned me into like Ozzy and Maiden which turned me into like Metallica and Slayer and like you know suicidal tendencies and shit like that but um, that was like my early early years but it wasn't until like I was much older that I truly understand how great this record was mm. So, I mean, speaking of like this album, like we've all sort of talked about how like great of an album it is, but what is it that makes this album so special both to you and just like in general? Like, what do you think that the magic formula is there?
2: I think it's the the musicianship. Um, For me, like somebody who, like I was a kid in band, um, somebody who just loves music in general, just, you know, having... I mean, because right, like if you if you're like thinking about the, com- the composition of these songs, like you can hear the different parts and pieces of it, the drumming, the bass, the guitar and, you know, albums like this are are so important because of that. And, you know, and this is of a time when, you know, there weren't special effects and in and, and all that stuff. And, and they I think they talk about that on the documentary that you and I were talking about Alaska um, in the making of Paranoid. But, you know, this was sure sort of just like pure talent, you know, people playing um, the instruments um, that they loved and playing the music that they love organically creating it. And for me, I mean, you can hear all of that in albums like Paranoid. And so that, that's really something that I've, I've grown to value, um, particularly with my relationship with rock. Um, you know, I just, it's so prevalent in that genre.
3: And to piggyback what E said, I think, you know, any group or band is some sum of its parts, right? So, and everyone is just playing their parts so well, whether even it's from geezer writing lyrics that are just crazy um, apocalyptic. Uh, to, of course, Ozzy singing and you know and Tony's cra- just shredding. I mean, the riffs and the iconic riffs on this album um, and the fact that I feel like everything after this was very riff heavy and you had to have a good riff to stand out. And I think mm-hmm. this album in particular kind of set that as a, as a template uh, for other bands to follow. Um, and then of course, you know, Bill Ward and, and the drumming is just like, you know, on the you know what's the uh, rat salad on the instrumental just like it just goes off <laughs> just like and like it's one of those also just straight through you just play it you know i had had my favorites too um and i think it took me a while to get into the other songs because the other you know the main three are are just epic um but then if you really i think as i got older i was able to listen to the whole album and realize the impact that this album had on music moving forward
1: yeah there's, there's also a lot of cool shit like about how they had to create like their own way right like um Tommy talks about being a lefty, not being able to find cheap lefty guitars, so having to like figure out how to how to freak that. Um, taking lessons and like deciding, just he'd rather learn on his own. Like there was no sort of molding of him into like what a musician should be. Like he kind of just figured it out himself. Like lost the tips of his fingers, had to figure out how to replay like that. Um, Geezer talks about like he was, I think, like a a, a rhythm guitarist, and he decided that he needed to be a bass player, but he couldn't afford a bass. So he just restrung his guitar <laughs> to have four strings on it. And it's like, you even see like in the way that they play, they play so on un- unorthodox. Like he plays bass, like a, like a guitar player. Yeah. You know, it's not like boom, 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 boom. Like he's all over the place. And, um, and Ward talking about like the, the drumming style where he's like following the vocals instead of following, you know, the sort of the riff, like everything is built around the vocals and the drum, which is really cool.
3: You know, in terms of uh, just the bass lines, like a lot of rock or a lot of metal, I feel like bass is so incidental to the music. And it's just like, it's just there to kind of provide a background, but like you really hear bass front and center in this whole record.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I think like, one, I was gonna say like, Sabbath is like the riff band, right? Like they're like the band that like, other heavy bands it's just like oh like who hasn't played a sabbath riff mm-hmm. to make, or like to create an, a, a song or a whole album or style you know what i'm saying like this whole forms of heavier like slower metal like sludge doom stoner whatever you want to call it drone metal even like oh, like sun like bands like sun or earth which i'm sure were named after sabbath's original name earth um who you know they all take after that that like Though that style of riffing, that like style of like constructing um, a sequence of notes that make you feel a certain way or whatever, right, and that heaviness, right, that stacking, um, we you know we we've we've noted in the in 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 the previous episodes that uh, Sabbath is so rhythm section heavy, so prominent. Like this album, though, being the second album and being so close, like what's crazy is that this was like made within some very short amount of time. Like four months, debut. I think. Right, yeah. but like I don't know if the if, if it was Roger Bain who like the producer, right? Uh, who oh, it was a Robert? My bad. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. make sure I got this right. Roger, yeah, Roger Bain. Um, if he learned something or, or or like learned something from recording them the first time, this second time around it's it's just that much more not grandiose but like they're a behemoth now like they have like they're uh are bottom like the bottom they're even more bottom heavy than they were on the first album mm-hmm. in my opinion from what i like when i hear and they're just like the songs are i don't know it adds it adds obviously to add something to the whole feel of it but my point being is like there's like little accentuations where where geezer's like completely in the foreground like yo at the end of electric funeral there's a fade like uh they fade out but then you hear they fade out to bring geezer to the foreground which is like a crazy beautiful production trick Mm -hmm. and like roger bain or one of the other engineers like shout out to them because that shit is like the last 15 seconds of it but it just like highlights it just brings a different element and texture into the mix or whatever and like you know there weren't a lot of bands doing that like even to this again to this day like if they're doing that they they probably heard it on this record you know what i'm saying yeah um
1: yeah i mean there's definitely like um shit i forgot what i was gonna say I'll come back to it. <laughs> um, you know, so, so we kind of talked about everybody like bringing part of being such an important part of the group, but like, what are your favorite things that each person brings to the group? Like, why don't we just go, Each we'll pick each person and just work our way around. So like, let's start with Ozzy, you know, the big name. We'll get him out of the way. Like, like what, what is so important about Ozzy's contributions
2: to this album? His vocals, man. He, yeah. He's such a good singer
1: doesn't get enough credit for being such a good singer.
2: He doesn't. And I, I really, like when I dove into um, Black Sabbath, I really noticed and appreciated that. Like, I mean, think about War Pigs and how it starts when he starts. I still get chills. Yeah. Like it, the, it's, the vocals are impeccable there. And um, I think he was influenced by soul. I think he has said Mm -hmm. that. Um, when he was um, just early on when he was uh, younger, you could hear it. I mean, you could yeah. hear it on Paranoid. You can hear that soul, um, even though this is a rock heavy metal album. Um, and I just have come to really appreciate him as a singer, um, you know, just um, because I mean, you know, with the heavy shredding, um, and the bass and the drums, I mean, I still it doesn't take away from his voice. Um, so whoever did, you know, and, in, in producing this album and having it come together, that's, I mean, I think that speaks to the brilliance, but his, his vocals are just, I mean, it's another, it's another instrument. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's so good.
1: Yeah. It's like, he, he does this thing. There's a part of, um, Hands of Doom where it like speeds up and he's like, his singing in that part, is just like, it's like God level. Mm. <laughs> it's wild. No, nah,
0: that, that's mm. like one. That's like one of my absolute favorite moments of that whole album. Yes, that, that change, that third change up, and and mm-hmm. you, like oh my god. Is, like how many sabbath have you heard sabbath covers before
3: yeah mm-hmm.
0: i've heard like mike patton i heard like faith no more do war pigs yeah or sepultura uh do hand of doom
2: mm-hmm. yo it is
0: hard for anyone to make that like musically cool but to do what like ozzy does with his voice it's just it's just different like
1: have you guys heard the charles bradley cover of changes yes oh my god Mm-mm. i just
0: <laughs> <yeah>. yo <laughs> Crazy, yeah, yo, it's wild. Okay, yeah, Yeah. like you you can't go ahead, go go
1: on. I was gonna say the cardigans do like really good Sabbath covers, which is surprising, they do a Sabbath cover every album.
0: Yeah, it's really dumb. Kind of it's, it's
1: mad different, but it, it it
0: plays pretty well. But that's the point. You got to be different. You can't you yeah. can't try to do Ozzy because then you start sounding weird. Like I think yeah. Mike Patton like is enough Mike. There's enough Mike Patton in in in, in that Faith No More cover. Like in his like yeah. he's a bit strange and unique enough as a voice to to do the thing. But he also kind of like is you feel like he's kind of doing the the Ozzy thing still. Like and it's just like mm. it takes me a second always to get into it. I'm just like, yeah. uh, um, but to that too, like, you know, how when people talk about like public enemy, they're always just like, yo, like the bomb Squad's so heavy. And it's like this wall of noise. You need yeah. a voice that's able to cut through it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ozzy, Ozzy and Sabbath. That's like, you, you know, <sighs> yeah, his voice yes. vo- voice, like tone tonally is like the perfect sort of like instrument to be added yeah. into that mix.
1: Yeah. yeah, and they really build on that in the documentary about how he's like an instrument in the jam sessions. Yeah. Like all those melodies are created by him on the spot. Like mm-hmm. just being in, in the music and, and creating that. Like he doesn't write any of the words, but he creates like all of the, the melodies that go into that, which yeah, is really like, wild. Like riffing on the spot. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's so dope.
3: Yeah. Chris, you got anything to add on Ozzy? I mean, not what was, uh, not more than what was already said. Uh, all right. There's just something, you know, just magical about every single person, but something like when you hear, like you said, Ozzy in War Pigs when he starts, it's like chills. It's yeah. just incredible. So, yeah. yeah. So, so why, don't, why don't you kick us off on, uh, on, on Tommy then? Um, you know, I, I was thinking, I forgot who said it, but someone mentioned, you know, when you put notes in a certain way, Mm-hmm. there's something very special that happens and right. And some bands just have it. Um, and I don't know what it is, but there's something about particular melodies or particular riffs. And there's some bands that, and I'll, I'll give you one, for example, like Radiohead, there's some things that are just like, just never get old to me. And I'm like, how did you ever come up with either this chord progression or this particular, you know, series of notes that just almost transfixes me. Mm. and I feel the same way about Sabbath and the way you know that IOMI was able to put together particular notes changes where it's like and I think a lot of bands followed this pattern as well where like you have an eight-minute song and you have so many different changes within the song Um, it might slow down there might be a tempo change and it just changes up totally Um, and I think they're very much known for that and I love that because it makes you know keeps you on your toes as a listener yeah uh, so you know and just You know, there are other bands that are known to have had, like, distorted guitars before, but I think they're also, like, you hear this album and you hear early heavy metal. Yeah. Mm. Uh, So, I think it's just, like, what, especially as you mentioned, Alaska, uh, being, you know, missing some of his fingers and what he was able (laughs) to do. Incredible. It's just wild, yeah. E, what do you think?
2: I mean, I can listen to Iommi's Shred All Day. It's just I'm in awe of it. I mean, you know, I just the again, the musicianship, I keep saying this, but it's just there's just pure talent there, Um, the way he's carrying these notes. um, And, you know, I think we'll get into this, um, but just the way that this um, that they created these songs, I mean, it was on the spot, you know, so just for him to come up with these riffs and just for them to build from that I think it makes it that more meaningful but it just speaks again to the talent that these guys had and the passion too you know because they're in this band they're making music together that they love and just to be able to come up with you know, like groundbreaking songs like War Pigs or Paranoid by just these little riffs that Naomi might've just been, you know, thinking in his head, he has these songs and and ideas in his head and he just starts strumming. And then from there they build from that, it's incredible.
1: Yeah, it's like some real chaos magic shit. It's just like, you know, it's like keep adding pieces and it just keeps developing. It's like all whole cloth, like out of thin air as well. Yeah. Yeah, gang, what do you think?
0: yeah i mean riff lord i don't know you know like, <laughs> <laughs> um but like also just ingenuity too you know or like
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's like an understatement because you know man's had like parts of his hand missing you know what i'm saying <laughs> and was bending strings and doing like techniques that were not traditionally visited or, or exercised or whatever you yeah. know what i'm saying so like just i mean yo even this like the that like I love in the documentary when they talk when he's just showing like yeah I just did I just let the shit drone out in the beginning of uh, Iron Man and did this like thing where my guitar like makes that like I don't know if he was bending a string or whatever but it's yeah like that wasn't a regular thing like you didn't hear yeah. that much or before yeah.
1: so I always thought it was like some whammy bar shit too when I
0: was young yeah it was right like- right 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 in yeah. Guitar Hero they want you to hit the whammy bar that's yeah <laughs> Revisionist shit, but yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I love the way he solos that it's like it's so understated right it's like especially like as what metal became like where the solo became like so much the centerpiece of the song mm-hmm. but he's just like he's playing only the notes that need to be played like there's not a wasted there's not a wasted trump on that album like he's just like you know sort of like really pocket heavy And just, like, feeling, like, the grooves that are laid down. It's, like, it's really special style of guitar playing. And it takes a lot of, like, I think, patience and, like, sort of being humble to the track um, where you don't see that a lot, especially as, like, metal gets coming where it's just, like, these bombastic guitar heroes type of motherfuckers.
0: Right.
1: Um, But but you brought this up a couple times about um, just how the songs were created. You know, do you want to talk on that a little bit?
2: Um, you know, so it's it's interesting because, um, you know, when we have people on the next movement and we're talking about process and, and how production comes together and, and projects form, oftentimes now in 2022, you know, people are creating things separately. So there are, you know, somebody's producing a beat. And then the MC is coming up with the lyricism and somehow in some way it comes together. Things were so different back then, you know, so they had this, again, organic process where they're all sitting in this room and they're just building from the ground up. And I really think that matters. Um, It it can change the direction in the sound of an album. Um, I don't think that Paranoid would have been what it was had, you know, Iomi been sitting in his house by himself, you know, doing this and then Ozzy maybe laid down vocals in the studio and then say there's somehow threw it together. You know, I think part of the brilliance of this album is how it came together and how it was created. And a lot of that involved these guys just spending time together. I think they said on the documentary that some of these tracks on here came together while they were on the road. We're spending time together. And so a lot of these ideas and these songs came from that time together. And I just don't think that, you know, you can get that when you're doing things as a band separately Mm -hmm. or you're collaborating with someone in a project separately, you know, so that really speaks to um, the brilliance of the album, speaks to the time and how music was created back then. I've really grown to appreciate that, especially where it concerns rock.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need to like understand each other's sensibilities too. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, if you, if you know the way each other thinks, then, you know, like when you start bringing the song over here, this person is mm-hmm. going to take it up over to the like Northeast right. and then you're going to swing it back over to the right. And, you know, just having that like understanding with each other. Um, I also thought it was interesting that Paranoid was written in like 20 minutes.
3: That's crazy. Yeah. I read the same
1: thing. Right. Yeah. yeah like they just needed a single for the record and they're like, fuck it. Let's make this song.
3: It was supposed to be like a kind of a throwaway too. They just needed an extra an extra yeah. track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they could cut the vinyl. Yeah, they needed like four minutes. Yeah,
1: insane. Yeah, and then um you know Ozzy's vocals on that are just bananas. Mm. bananas. And and I think in a lot of ways it goes to something that they don't get credit for because people think Black Sabbath they just think you know Satan and Doom but there's so many love songs that they have. Like, to be paranoid is almost like a bit of a love song, you know. He's like ruining, like, sort of his woman leaving him because he couldn't like keep her satisfied or whatever. I have, um,
0: yeah, I have, a theory, I have a theory about the themes on this album all tying together. I'll I'll leave that to the later later half, but
1: mm.
0: <laughs> but like, well, you hit it now, yeah. All right, <laughs> So, also, we haven't we didn't speak about uh, Geezer or, or Ward,
1: Ward, we'll but, come back to them after we'll this. come back to
0: that, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so in re-listening to Paranoid, um, in the last, like, 48 hours, right, I was just like, yo, not, obviously there's, like, there's, like, the theme of war kind of, like, strung throughout, but, like, to me, like, Paranoid, you could, one could say that Paranoid explores the effects of war. Hmm. So, you you know, you have, like, the obvious statement, war pigs, anti-war, blah, 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 blah. Um... You know, you have uh, Electric Funeral, which kind of ties into that as well, Um, but also put those two together and Iron Man together. Now we're talking about, like, the threat of technology. We're talking Mm -hmm. about the threat of industrialized, like militarization or like, you know what I'm saying? So, or industrialized, like, or the industry of, like, military tech, right? Then you have the songs like Planet Caravan, Hand of Doom, um, and and one can make a case about fairies being somewhat of a trip as well cuz i think yeah. this the last verse and in, in, in the in the um in the documentary they mentioned like oh yeah we were talking about you know just kind of like kind of made it mystical at the end like it was it was originally about like this like altercation with some skinheads but then at a bar at a pub but then you know he's like in the doctor's office and doctor's like you got to stop smoking dope and 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 taking trips like taking acid or whatever but all of that is like you know the effects of like someone who's been super traumatized like maybe mm-hmm. planet caravan is like a tr- you know mid-trip kind of like that fantasia whatever um euphoric kind of element and uh you know hand of doom is that like you're fucked up in the game like you yeah hand, well
1: hand of doom is about soldiers coming back
0: yeah right because I said you know so it's like right, you know right.
1: so- soldiers becoming dope heads
0: exactly so you had that like uh, again like literal like reference to that and then we get to like and then there's paranoid is like paranoid is almost like like imagine like a vet a vet you know and i don't want to speak for vets but like you know imagine like someone who's come home and like they're like at home worries like they're at home concerns and like mm-hmm. paranoia not to like keep not to be redundant uh around like like shit like their family leaving them or their 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 loved one leaving them you know what i'm saying just it's that it's that shit like what it's that same shit of like oh like i'm locked up like what's my what's my like what's my girl doing I, don't know, I was just thinking, I was like, oh, shit, this kind of links in this crazy, like, if you think about it in that way. But I don't know if that's been written about ad or either. I haven't done much reading on, like, reviews or whatever. But, you know, something that just came to my head.
1: <laughs> or, yeah, or, I, I think I think that there's something definitely to it. Like, they, geezer Butler talks about, like, how political he wanted to be when he was writing. Um, and it was interesting. I never knew the album was supposed to be called Warpix that cover never made sense to me. I was like, what the fuck's this cover got to do with anything <laughs> on a record?
0: Wait, wasn't it was it uh and they were gonna call it like Wall Walpurg,
1: Wal, Yeah. Like yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, let's get let's get back to it. Why don't we take the rhythm section as a whole? Because I think like they have to coexist.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh you know, they're sort of like the the foundation of the record. Um Chris, what do you think?
3: I, I what have your a lot of, on you know, I have a lot of friends that are hip hop heads that love this album and just love Black Sabbath. They don't like any other heavy metal or anything else that's that's like more on the rock side of things. But they like Sabbath or or maybe like Interpol because of just the interplay of drums and, and bass. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that really comes through on this album. And there's also moments. Right. Uh, what is it Empire Caravan where there's congas in there? And it's just yeah. like it's just so different for. And they take a lot of like, they experiment a lot in terms of, you know, their sonics and, and incorporate different instruments and, um, you know, and there are other records, you know, I know we're talking about this one, but the, you know, that they're like breakbeats, you know, it's like, there are sections that are just like, to me, very related to hip hop. So, um, but in terms of, you know, Geezer and, and Bill Ward together, just like, damn, they're just, they're locked in. Um, they're locked in but yet they're not afraid to to venture off and, and just go crazy but in yeah. a way that it it just really paints and creates such a, a richer texture to the album yeah. um, and like I said before I just really love the fact that that you know Geezer is not just on the low end but he's going up like a guitarist like you mentioned Alaska and he's hitting those high notes as a bassist yeah um, and it stands out you can really hear it on the record and I love that word E, what about you
2: I think um, in heavy metal, you know, right? So the guitar, the lead guitar and vocals are usually like front and center. You know, that's what you're sort of paying attention to. But the rhythm section here in Black Sabbath, I mean, they're superstars. So, you know, there's a spotlight on them that I think sometimes isn't always the case um, when you're considering rock and heavy metal um, albums. But it's just really, um, I think it's really special. And I think it really um, just, again, like the, I think part of the brilliance of this album is how it came together and how the end product um, came together and then putting it together because I think it was very strategic in that way. And it allowed for you to have this relationship with the rhythm section here, maybe that you would not have gotten from another rock or heavy metal album back then, Um, you know, so, I really just appreciate that about, um, you know, Ward and uh, Geezer. I think that they, they really shine on this. And I'm, and I'm happy about that um, because it really gives you sort of a connection to the other people in the band, not just the mm. vocalist, not just the lead guitarist. You know, you're also having this, you know, listening relationship with the bassist and the drummer, like in because it really comes through. They really come through on all of these tracks on this album. I just really appreciate that
1: yeah yeah I kind of think of it like like if you were looking to like build like your dream home right like you're gonna want certain things that are foundational around your house like whether it's like you want to live near water you want to have a vibrant community you want to have mountains you want to like you know have great views and then the house is the thing that like is put on top of obviously it's put on top of the foundation it's a bad analogy. but like to me like that's that's what they did they built a world for the other people to play in it's almost like you know like the game designers who build these amazing epic worlds for all of us then to go around and do crazy things and like i think that the way that they laid everything down is just the most important part of this record to me like with the most important part of black sabbath to me honestly like whenever somebody's like you know what's your ideal band like you know people have that conversation like create the perfect band i've never done it once without those two people in my band
2: Mm.
1: like any other any other part of the equation can mix mix and match but those two people are always in my band
0: yeah i don't have much really much more to add other than you could like something i always forget about is how prominent um Geezer is on, like how Geezer's like the lead. Geezer's kind of the lead on paranoid, other than mm-hmm. Ozzy, like melodically. Mm. He's like, he's like going up, like so. Just like Chris mentioned, going up in the octaves and going. He's going on way higher range than you know. Ton, um, Iommi's just keeping pace. He's just, he's just a rhythm guitarist, right? Yeah. Just he's just doing groove. He's just chugging, basically. Well, you know, so. Just like noting that, noting that as like one of those instances, you know, again, the, the whole like electric. I mean, also Planet Caravan, like Planet Caravan would be a completely different song without any of these songs would be completely different, without Geezer, you know, really doing what he was what he's doing and, and them giving him his space to do so. Yeah. You
1: know what I mean, yeah, and, and that's one of the cool things about um Tommy's guitar playing too, right? It's not it's not the sole focus of the song. Right. Like he leaves open. There's plenty of room in his riffs to to kind of move around, I think, which is pretty cool. I think Tommy's, um, a,
0: Tommy's a cool guy, I think. I think he's like I think he might be like a, a, a cool guy to like hang out with and talk.
1: I, yeah, talk he to. seems that way. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like you don't seem like a, like you don't seem like he's the egomaniac, like an egomaniacal, yeah. you know, noodler, so to speak.
1: Yeah. yeah, it seems like he'd be a cool grandpa. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so for, for everybody, has this album informed the way that you look at music in general?
2: Mm.
1: Or has it informed the way that, you know, if, and if it has, how so?
2: I already spoke about this, but I think, you know, the importance of how things come together when we're talking yeah. about music. So again, that sort of cohesion and things happening organically, you know, being in the same room when you're creating something, I think really makes a huge difference sometimes. Um, Not that great projects can't be um, great if you are, you know, creating things apart and from a distance, but I really do think like, especially back then, it really mattered. Um, And I I do think it can make or break a project Mm. sometimes.
3: Chris, what do you think? I think um, there's so much of what is on this album and the essence of this album and the band that you can trace back to where they grew up, right? Birmingham, (laughs) Um, Birmingham was bombed like to hell in World War II. They were working, many of them were working factory jobs. They were working class blokes. Um, And, (laughs) you know, and it was like, a lot of that went into the lyrics. It went into the feeling, went into the dark imagery. Um, So like, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, War Pigs is, is a protest song. And like, and Geezer was very, he didn't mince any words when he was like, when they're calling us Satanists, he's like, no, the politicians are the Satanists. Yeah. You know, those that are sending, you know, working class people to, to die for the rich people, they're the Satanists. Um, so like, I just love the fact that they were super vocal and the lyrics meant something. And I think when I was younger, like I was, you know, I didn't fully comprehend at 11 and 12 years old, a lot of the lyrics uh, for whether it was Metallica or whether it was Anthrax, but, but I did whatever, like a preteen could understand. I really gravitated towards a message or, or meaning, um, whether it was like sanitarium for Metallica and it's about like mental institution, Um, you know, but then like war pigs, like was just such, there was so much meaning uh, in that song. Um, So I really feel like they, again, it, with all these other things we talked about in terms of the sonics of the album, in terms of the musically how things are structured, but even in terms of like having songs with meaning and having songs with dark imagery, um, I felt like was very impactful uh, for metal that came after it. Basically, gang, <laughs> what do you got? I don't really
0: have much much more to add to that. Um, uh, you know, it's the sequencing on this thing is crazy, like from, from point, you know, like, like Chris said, it's kind of like start to finish, um, a whole journey through, you know, through whatever, whatever narratives, whatever themes, whatever, you know, but yeah, I love how it's like overtly political. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy in, in the way that like, also thinking about also like how folks nowadays it's like a surprise almost to, to like be like wow like you guys sound like you really had some chemistry you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> i like, yeah. yeah. sound like you were in the room together it's yeah. like this is <laughs> this is the thing that everyone got not necessarily but like if you've heard this this is one of those albums that you're like oh like no nah, yeah. they were in they were tapped in fully mm-hmm. yeah and, and that goes from literally again them the producer uh, you know, whoever else was was a part of the process. Like they, I, everyone was kind of like, like eye level with each other. I feel like, so yeah. you know. Yeah. Some shit I to think.
1: that's, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut no, you.
0: I was just saying some shit to aspire to if you're if you're like creating like long form works. You know what I mean?
1: Without question, um, E has to bounce from us uh, real quick. E, before we leave, uh, what, what's your favorite song on the record?
2: Um, War Pigs, for sure. Okay. Um, cool. But I also got to give a shout out to uh, Planet Caravan specifically Oof. because of the placing of it, right? Yeah. So you have these, the album opens up really strong, and you have these two like phenomenal tracks, heavy tracks, and then you slow things all the way down with Planet Caravan. Mm-hmm. Almost like they were saying let me just give you a little bit of a break let you digest mm-hmm. what we've done thus far and then we're going to jump right back into it mm-hmm. so yeah. so just a shout out to to planet caravan as well right on yeah, oh, yeah. cool but i right, thank you so thanks, much fellas this thank is you great, so great Peace. See ya. Peace. Peace.
1: so so one thing i want to add to just like the discussion of why it's important i think something that you don't see as much but like I think when you look at like any sort of like great project, it's like, there's sort of like a humbleness to it, right? Like to the fact that you're only serving the project. Like there's, I mentioned earlier, there's like nothing wasted on this record, right? Mm-hmm. There, There's no ego to it. And it's just like, we're only serving this project that has to work for the project. We're not going to force anything in, although I guess they did force Paranoid in, but <laughs> it, it managed to work. Um, yeah, right. But I also think like, it's a fearless ass record, right? Like we've all said, like there was nothing that ever sounded like this. There was nothing that ever indicated that this would work other than like the feeling that they had. And there's so many people who are like, talk about how like fearless they are as musicians that just make the same record everybody else made a thousand times. But these dudes like really went there, like and all like the great music that's like that, like Public Enemy was like that, right? Like there was nothing that sounded like Public Enemy before or after. Mm-hmm. And it's like those are like the great albums that stand out and last forever. Like speaking on the human condition, being fearless, and being like no ego at all in project.
3: Right, and right. I think
1: that this is like a blueprint for that kind of excellence.
3: Word.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: Thanks. Um, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna
3: save the favorite. Well, since E gave our favorite songs, I guess we just go yeah, well with it. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, that.
1: Chris, what's your favorite joint?
3: My favorite. <laughs> actually is uh, is electric funeral
1: oh nice.
3: yeah it's and you know what i often play that i you know I'm, i play guitar so it's one of the songs that besides iron man and stuff that's like you know pretty basic um i just something about that song is so heavy um mm. that i just love i love 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 that song mm-hmm. it goes so crazy at the end too like electric, oh God, Exactly. Yeah. that shit is wild yeah that's my joint
0: gang oh, yeah. what you got i was gonna say uh electric funeral or hand hand of doom and that and just that 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 pairing
2: yeah is that
0: and then doesn't it come right at electric funeral comes after planet it's, caravan it's, i think it's electric
1: fu- uh no iron man comes after planet caravan oh wow so that's iron man electric funeral hands of doom and fairies wear boots
0: yeah got you uh rat salad rat salad in between right, there. Right, yeah. Right, yeah 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 um i mean uh when i heard electric funeral i lost it i was just like that that just uh, that opening riff Oof. like the sound of the guitar yeah. and like everything kind of put together it was just uh that's that's like alaska i mentioned on the intro episode like that's the that's one of the ones i looped up and like looped up to rhyme over like, Word. That's crazy, like what? And then, the, and then, and again, like he's like, he's just rolling all over that. It's all over. So man. mean. Oh my gosh. And then. <laughs> thing I'm like like uh, hands, of, hands of doom comes on i'm just like oh. all
3: yeah. right <laughs> hey,
1: hands of doom has been my favorite for this run like of going back because i haven't listened to this record in a long time because it's like one of those records that i like beat into the ground like i was telling right. gang like i i got to a point where i hated iron man mm-hmm. like i hated it and then i was listening to it this time through when it was like i forgot about how good the second half of that song is right where, like just like it takes off
3: mm-hmm. you know for through right. like
1: that whole second half of that song is just like it's wild like it's not what you think of when you think of Iron Man because you think of like every everybody who ever sampled it
3: yeah. everybody
1: who ever covered it like they don't play that second half the way Black Sabbath plays that second half. It's almost like you were talking about Guns N' Roses, like Sweet Child of Mine, it's the same thing. Like, you just think, of like <laughs> but the second half of that song goes like wild, dark, and crazy, mm,
3: right? And like, right. slash
1: goes off on that shit. And slash it's something on. similar to that. It's like you have this memory of what that song is, and it's not actually what that song is when it's you not, go back to it, you yeah, know, right? Yeah, it's not the yeah. full picture, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> like I, I got like legit goosebumps when I listened to it again recently. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I forgot about how good this was. Mm you know it's
0: fucking yeah, yeah. so that do, yo that double change up on hands of doom though is because I, I forgot about the third one which is my favorite one i was yeah. like so you know it, oh man it goes from like the you know once like ward starts banging on the drum yeah you know what i mean because he's just doing the rim shots in the beginning and you're like oh this is this is this is different and then uh then it gets like goes into the bridge and starts building up and you're like oh okay yeah, yeah we're, we're here now and then you think we're just we're just going to stay here this is going to be the like the epiphany or like the, mm. the apex of it and then there's like oh i love that <laughs> The texture because like just i don't know something about that like that's i'm gonna
3: be at that party for a long time that's what oh, that is. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that little section to me is is like thrash that's yeah, like yeah, that's, that to me influenced thrash metal yes, that little yes. section it's we so can say, good i
0: uh, i mean i have a yeah there's a later sabbath album that has like to me like the so-called first thrash song yeah or, or like to me like the proto thrash song um which one um it's on um it's a uh, Symptom of a universe. Oh. oh a universe. I, mean, I don't know, if, nice. I don't know that predates like, I guess, Motorhead or whatever, but mm. like.
1: Yeah, the, I think Motorhead was still like Hawkwind at that point. Hawkwind, right. Yeah, like when <laughs> he was in Hawkwind.
0: Oh, that's funny, that's right. Oh, snap. Yeah, but yeah, crazy. brilliant, brilliant fucking, brilliant songwriting on, on, oh my gosh, hands of doom. Yeah.
1: My goodness. So, I mean, I think, you know, if you've listened to this episode, you kind of should know the answer. But like, you know, what is it that makes Sabbath so important to like the bigger, broader musical conversation? And and maybe if you want to bring it in a little bit to like hip hop, you know, like mm. a lot of hip hop heads love this record. Chris, you mentioned that,
3: like they love Sabbath. Like what
1: is it about like this group that's so universal?
3: I mean, like I, you know, I think we all touched upon it. uh, Just the sheer musicality and the cohesion of the unit itself that creates such incredible music, uh, it's undeniable. Uh, but they're the godfathers of metal, you know? So I yeah. feel like just based on that alone, uh, there's there's already a respect. Um, and, I, you know, and we often talk about this, right? If you're into rock or metal, there's like, you understand the lineage and you go back and you study, whether you're born in 2000, you know eight and you got into rock people tell you oh you got to listen to led zeppelin you got to listen to Sabbath." like you people generally go back and study like the pioneers right <laughs> uh we often say like that that's not the same for hip-hop which is which is sad um some people do go back and study like the pioneers and uh, oh shit my guitar my guitar's still on <laughs> 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 i just heard some feedback special um, effects yeah but um but yeah, it's you know it, it's just like it, there's magic, man. It's it's so hard to to put your finger on, but there's complete magic with what they did in this album and, and many of their other albums and many of their other songs. Uh, so I think that's just pretty pretty undeniable. Word, mm-hmm. word Gang? Yeah, I mean,
0: I had the I had the challenge of answering this before, and I like I like how like we get to revisit this question as we as we go with through each the catalog, episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll say like with this album and stage that they're at, knowing, knowing, you know, having that context, um, they still like, they're still funky. That's why like, it, it makes sense to like cats who are like, you know, folks who are into hip hop or participants or whatever, you know, practitioners. And they're, they're like, no, but I could fuck with, I don't fuck with metal or whatever, but mm, I could fuck with Sabbath, Sabbath yeah. especially this album or especially yeah. like the first three perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's it's still like that first album is like the first album is funky. Like that shit is that has the drum break as you mentioned. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It has the wizard, et cetera, which is like a mm-hmm. like basically like a break beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean like uh, you could you could dance to that joint. Yeah. Um Ooh. if you're hitting the, if you're hitting the floor or whatever. And then like this isn't that far apart from that. And also not for nothing. Like as far as like world builders and whatnot, like look at how look at like a public enemy, a run DMC, a Wu Tang, mm-hmm. a Hyro. Like mm. folks who have like a strong visual aesthetic, so to speak, or presentation, like, you know, uh, Sabbath have like have that like from the album art to the way that they presented themselves, et cetera, et cetera to the the imagery within their songs and like the way the energy that or you know, the atmosphere that they create, right. So it's like, I think there's a there's a fascination with the sort of like more, you know, in the ether kind of like darker kind of elements of, of like humanity that like, we all kind of, we all carry. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, shit, even like, look at the old gangs and shit from like the seventies and whatnot, you know, look at how they were dressing and whatnot, not necessarily they're not, not that they were necessarily taking cues from Sabbath, but like those folks, uh, but some of those cats I'm sure were like fucking with, like, they were definitely tapped in with like Ozzy and all that, like, you know what I mean? And I just think like, there's something there's something to be said about that, but like the strong visual presentation, and on top of it all, like they're like, This this is a unique and original, like in the in uh, you know, capital O original, like they were originals, you know what I'm saying? And like hip hop respects that, shit. yeah, like you know, they were like, they were the metal version of parliament, mm. mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Oh,
1: yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think with, with Sabbath, like. There are bands that are going to die off, like you know, once their like fans die off, like once the boomer generation is gone, Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody's going to be talking about the Mamas and the Papas. (laughs) You know what I mean, like (laughs) like bands like that, like they're they're very sort of like specific. And you know, same thing for like music we grew up on. I don't think anybody's going to be talking about Lords of the Underground Mm -hmm. after our generation dies off, right? Mm -hmm. We will, but people will be talking about Wu Tang. People will be talking about Sabbath. Like it's Mm -hmm. they're one of those groups that our time was like, that it sounds fucking 50 years old, over 50 years old. Mm, that's crazy. And it still sounds brand new. Like if yeah. you throw it on, I mean, I've listened to this album at least 500 times in my lifetime. Mm. And still like, I could throw it on now and just hear new things that like
3: mm.
1: blow my mind. Mm. And I think timeless music does that. Like it connects with you at numerous points throughout your life. And I think Sabbath does that. Like it takes, I don't even know if they, they're aware that they're doing it when they're creating it like but no there's touchstones um, in your life that that mm-hmm. this type of music just hits on it's just like wow it's still it's still there like I, I know i'll be like 70 years old in the in the old age home
3: <laughs> <You know? laughs> blasting sabbath yeah blasting Sabbath, <laughs> yeah. <with> my <laughs> yes that's nah, yeah that's it that's that yeah. shit
2: Work, this is so. this
3: is one of those albums that um you know, I have a tradition. I we have some friends that live in Croton on the Hudson and kind of in a wooded forestry area. Up, yeah. Oh, damn, really? that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. I
1: mean, I grew up like between there and Peekskill.
3: Yeah, oh, that's so okay. oh, that's right. So so you know the area well. So we, we yeah. drive through uh it gets like a very wooded area, and the tradition yeah. has been that we put on metal as we nice. approach. Um, so I'm really eager, and they enjoy it at least the, the five-10 minutes of it, my daughters. Yeah. Um, and they're 10 now, they just turned 10 twins, but, um, I'm really eager for them to, to listen to this album with me and I want to see, you know, I want to see their reactions, but, um, there's certain things like there's certain movies, you know, you know, as parents, you're like, Oh, I can't wait till they're old enough to, to watch this movie with me, like Godfather or something. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's the same kind of feeling I have with this album. Like, I can't wait till they can really, you know, and they may not like it, but like you have this underlying hope that they, you know, they're going to love it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, or
1: or you know, even like you introduce it to him now, and then like, fifteen years later, they come like, have you ever heard this record? And you'd be like, I never showed you that record. Man.
0: What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, facts. Uh, so, I think you know. Any final thoughts? Listen to Paranoid and and, and, <laughs> and don't don't just listen to the first half. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 front heavy. It seems to be front heavy because those are all like the popular songs or whatever. But. Uh, Yeah, go all the way through. Go all the way through.
3: Just keeps getting better. Facts. Yep, I agreed, hundred percent. Word up. So cool. Well, gentlemen, I think we did did it. it. We We did. And and
1: shout out to E and the Next Movement Pod. Mm -hmm. Um,
3: You know, it's a great podcast. It's a great podcast. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Shout out to to E and Rob from Next Movement. Really. Word up.
1: Yeah. So yeah, check out the Next Movement. That'll be the plug for them. Chris, what do you want to plug?
3: Just plug uh, if you're in New York City or visiting, come to Beerwax in Brooklyn. And we also have Beer Wax Queens now in Ridgewood. Uh, you know, follow us on Instagram, B-I-E-R-W A-X, and then the same spelling with Queens at the end for for our Queens location.
1: I'll I'll have it in the uh the episode notes. Beautiful. And uh it's it's the best bar in New York City. I appreciate Hands it. Hands down. Hey, thank you.
3: Thank you.
2: you
0: thank know? you. Yeah. Nah, so, always have a cool, good time again. when I'm there. I've been to the Brooklyn one, it's a beautiful establishment. You got the when i was there you had the T t.eric uh photography yeah and and like obviously a wall of actual records like of actual
3: mm-hmm. wax things to pull from things to yep. learn from yeah so, yeah it's yeah. it's been uh, my absolute you know dream to make this uh come true and and have people like yourself enjoy it and you know it's it's pinch myself every day to be quite honest oh mm-hmm. hell hell yeah. that's beautiful Oh yeah hell yeah. yeah gang you got anything
0: uh I got things but I don't need to talk about them so right. <laughs> yeah
1: so yeah other than tune in next week and we're going to be talking uh what are we Masses. talking next what's next uh masters of reality masters of reality Woo. yeah Hell so yeah. Right. we'll uh, we got some we got real good guests for masters of reality facts yeah fabulous, so fabulous um,
0: facts <laughs> yeah pretty
1: much every episode yeah but uh it's exciting it's gonna be good um i i I hope everybody's enjoying it and uh you know tune into call out culture as well we uh we talk if you like this type of conversation but about rap listen to call out culture
0: (laughs) truly truly yes indeed
1: hi y'all so on that note this has been podcast bloody podcast and we are out peace